because make no mistake, I know uh, even if you're the largest original equipment manufacturer, uh, a lot of the things that you do uh, relies on your supply chain. If, if you're way ahead on something, but the rest isn't with you, uh, it's like an army that's gone too far and they outreached their uh, supply. <laughs> and then you can't go any further. You're listening to Making It in Ontario, the official podcast of the Trillium Network for Advanced Manufacturing. Hello and welcome to Making It in Ontario, the official podcast of the Trillium Network for Advanced Manufacturing. I'm your host, Nick Persichilli, and in today's episode, we discuss aerospace manufacturing with Alex Tasoulis, Senior Advisor for Business Development and Advanced Technologies for Mitsubishi Heavy Industries Canada Aerospace and Senior Advisor of Outreach at Downsview Aerospace Innovation and Research, or DARE. Alex graduated from Ryerson with a diploma in aerospace engineering and a degree in mechanical engineering in 1986 and has had quite the career in aerospace since then. In Alex's opinion, we're only now entering the golden age of aerospace engineering and manufacturing. And after my chat with him, I think he might be right. And yes, I know, no one dresses up in their Sunday best anymore to go flying. And yes, the internet is replete with videos of airline passengers acting less than benevolent to their fellow travelers. But the actual vehicles people are flying on today are among the best the world has ever seen. See, the aerospace industry Alex entered after graduation from Ryerson is vastly different from the industry that exists today. For starters, no more drafting tables. Alex clearly knew his stuff on aircraft design. And while I could have picked his brain about the evolution of the high-bypass turbofan engine for the entire episode, we actually spent a big chunk of time discussing the Ontario aerospace industry's supply chain and the importance of training that supply chain. And this is where things got interesting, at least for me. As Alex says in the episode, you can have the best aerospace OEMs in the world operating in your country, but if you don't have the top-notch supply chain, well, you're going nowhere. Your suppliers are part of your team. So what is DARE doing about this? Well, they're looking at ways to train the entire team. All the way from the OEMs to the lower tiers. And at first, you might think that putting a bunch of employees from competing firms in the same classroom, whether it be an actual one or a digital one, may be counterintuitive, but it's not. See, as Alex points out, there are several activities that are standard across an entire industry. Think of things like fall arrest. Gravity is going to pull you to the floor at the same rate on your shop floor as it will on your competitor's shop floor. Same goes for something like hazmat. For Alex and Dare, their goal is to get everyone up to speed on the basic stuff. Everyone needs training on the basic stuff, so let's get everyone in the industry on the same page. That way, each company can focus more time and energy on its own unique competitive advantage. Anyway, that's enough for me. Here's Alex Tasoulis from Mitsubishi Heavy Industries Canada Aerospace and Downsview Aerospace Innovation and Research discussing aircraft manufacturing here in Ontario and how we can keep making them in Ontario. And there we are. We're live again. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Making It in Ontario. I am here today with a gentleman from, uh, well, actually, uh, Alex, why don't you uh, quickly introduce yourself? Okay, no problem. Uh, my name's uh, Alex Tasoulis. I'm with Mitsubishi Heavy Industries Canada Aerospace, uh, but I also heavily participate with uh, Downsview Aerospace Innovation and Research. Uh, so I'm their uh, senior advisor for uh, outreach. 
And that would be with uh, industrial partners, be it uh, OEMs, tier ones, uh, small to medium enterprises, and as well research partners such as colleges, universities, and even federal research institutes. Uh, my background is in uh, aerospace. I uh, graduated uh, from Ryerson uh, with a diploma in uh, aerospace engineering and a degree in mechanical engineering uh, quite a long time ago, back in 1986. Uh, so I've been in the aerospace industry for over 35 years. Um, a lot of my activity is um, predominantly in the beginning was uh, aircraft structural design. Uh, but then also got heavily involved uh, not only in the design and development, but actually on the manufacturing portion. Uh, but then as well, how to position for the future. And um, that's where the research portions uh, come in. Engineering, of course, always has a, a research complement uh, to that. Uh, you always want to be cutting edge. But then it's looking at uh, how do we improve current platforms and also how do we position for future platforms. And, and that, that's the real beauty uh, where th with the uh, DARE initiative, where we can bring together a lot of elements. Uh, so you're just not doing this for your own uh, company. You're, you're doing this for the greater uh, ecosystem uh, of the uh, aerospace, uh, be it industry and academic, and uh, positioning for global competitiveness. <laughs> Sorry about the phone. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, so, Alex, let's let's take a quick uh, let's uh, let's take a quick walk back in time. You said you uh, graduated was it nineteen eighty nine? You said nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. Sorry, upside yeah. down there. So, <laughs> let's uh, take us like, take us through a walk through time. How has the industry, the technology, and some of the best practices changed from when you got started to let's say a few hours ago? Actually, you know, quite, quite interesting. When when I first got started, I, and it, it's going to sound almost funny, but at the time when I had started, we were doing things on a drafting board. And on the drafting board, we drew everything full size and we did it with pen. It was ink. And these were super sharp, very thin needle pens uh, because you had to be able to draw within 0 0.005 of an inch. Uh, but then you would be doing drawing projections because you got to show the object from all shapes, uh, from all views, sorry. Uh, then you're going to be putting on the dimensioning. So you're doing drawings as well. Uh, but then also you're integrating very heavily with the um, stress analysis group, materials and process engineering. But then, you know, finite elements really started taking off. So the beauty of that time was really just where you started the transition to um, CAD, computer-aided design. And then even later, starts more later around 19, mid-1990s, you start getting into solid modeling uh, so that it, it dramatically, dramatically changed. And the analysis uh, actually dramatically changed. So you can look at things in, in much greater detail. A lot of emphasis, obviously, on uh, project management, program management. But, you know, one of, one of the funny things that's uh, really interesting is that... Um, with that increased amount of, let's say, uh, computer-aided design, computer-aided analysis, uh, interesting enough, actually, it's taken longer to develop aircraft, not, not less uh, sort of thing. And uh, some of that has to be that uh, you're looking at things now more deeply. Um, in, in the past, you would design, develop, test, 
and uh, obviously wind tunnel testing, you've been doing a lot of, the, a lot of that. But uh, what happens is, is that, okay, you're gonna go out and test and you're gonna learn during the test. So now it's kind of you're more front end loading in the analysis so that you're still doing a lot of flight testing, don't get me wrong, but it's to try making the vehicle as perfect possible. Whereas in, in the past, uh, it would be iterative. Uh, it still is iterative today, don't get, don't get me wrong. Air, today's aircraft are a lot more complex, a lot more efficient. Um, so anyways, there's um, uh, a lot more analysis and simulation than obviously in the past. But uh, as your capability to analyze is increases, actually truthfully, the, the span did not come down. It actually got bigger because the vehicles got more and more accurate, more and more efficient sort of thing. So that's interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that. You would imagine that with more technology, that, but, but once you've explained it, that does make sense because they've put more variables in front of the engineers, right? Correct. That's incredible. So that's good to know. So flash forward to today, and let's talk a little bit about DARE and a little bit about what DARE is doing because uh, the R stands for research, doesn't it? Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, DARE was um, a concept to bring together industry, to bring together academia. It was a place where everybody could get together because when, when you look at it, we each face similar issues and similar problems or let's say dilemmas that we're trying to solve. And so instead of doing it in isolation, it's okay, let's do this jointly together. If, if we try doing things individually, what'll happen is we can get there eventually, sure, uh, but we could actually bring the time down uh, to, to get to a solution. Uh, how to assess different kinds of technologies? Where should we be going? Because make no mistake, I know, uh, even if you're the largest original equipment manufacturer, uh, a lot of the things that you do uh, relies on your supply chain. If, if you're way ahead on something, but the rest isn't with you, uh, it's like an army that's gone too far and they outreached their uh, supply <laughs> and then you can't go any further. Uh, so it's okay, let's go together. We compete globally. And so in doing that, that we have to be better trained. We have to be as good or better on technology. We have to select the right technology. You can go down the wrong path and do some great stuff, but you may exert a lot of uh, effort and energy into something that you got outflanked uh, by a global competitor. Uh, so what you want to do is be able to assess as many technologies as possible. You want to bundle them into what can I deploy now? What's gonna be midterm? What's gonna be long-term? But you're always deploying. And um, in doing that, you have to bring all the elements together with you. Now, the funny thing is you, you always hear the golden age of aviation and they'll talk about the 50s and 60s and look at all the aircraft that were being developed. But um, when you look at it now, we're, we're going into the golden age of, the, uh, of aviation because of all the development and all the demands that are being placed on it, which is driving uh, technology and research. And so, you know, that assessment of technology, of research, doing it jointly together, uh, that, that was the whole concept of DARE. The one other thing too, was that on skills development, uh, we didn't train together. You know, a hockey team 
you know, before they ever get on for their first game of the season, trains together, they practice together. A military, before they go into a battle, will train together, right? As industry, you know, when, when you look at it, we didn't, uh, even within a company, you may, certain people go off for training. You might do on mass training, but really did, did you train together? No, you went out as pockets and some are at different levels than the rest. Um, but we never, you know, trained with our, our partners, uh, be it our customer as a partner, be it our supplier as the partner. And so that was the other concept is, you know, to train together, to win together, uh, sort of thing. Again, it sounds fundamental, but guess what? A lot of people didn't do it. So that was the other concept that we, we trained together and developed together uh, from a skills standpoint. That's uh, a very, that's a very refreshing way of looking at it. Like you, you're right. An army trains together before they go to war. A hockey team trains together before they go to play. Right. And yes. it's, it, and it's true. I, um, did the genesis of this kind of, uh, did the genesis of this come from anywhere specific or um, is this just something where a bunch of smart people got into a room and were like, oh, this, pro- this is a problem here. We should probably all be training together. How, tell, can you give us a little bit of history on how that came to be? When, when you look at DARE, uh, you have a combination of, um, you know, different capabilities. You know, we got aircraft companies, we got tier ones, you know, that can design and build and integrate the systems in and can make a whole airplane. Uh, we actually have companies design and build entire landing gear, uh, you know, entire engines. Uh, then you actually have the researchers and the, um, uh, the small to medium enterprises and all of those skill sets don't, they're not all in one place. Now you might think an aircraft structures company and a landing gear company or a propulsion company don't have things in common. These are very, very different. There's a lot of things that we do that is common. Then there's stuff that we do that is very, very unique. That's what we do. The other people don't do. Well, okay, that's finishing school. Turn your training that's unique to you to finishing school. All the other things that are common across the board, right? It becomes a shared resource. So at that point, what we are doing is that uh, we're eliminating duplication because in the end, costs go into the product. So if we could come up with some a better way of doing it, all uh, you know that that's better for the customer in the end. And then you know when we went into the research portion, it's funny <laughs> we're all doing the same kind of thing. We're 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 looking at additive, right? Uh, we're looking at different uh, digital methodologies. So we're looking at automation. We're looking at industry 4.0. Uh, so, you know, why, why not do that uh, together? And you start learning from each other. And to tell you the truth, now we're looking like Team Ontario. We're looking like Team Canada, right? For the small to medium enterprise, when you make a product, let's say, and I'll, I'll use a wing. You could have uh, anywhere from 35 to 45% of the content actually came from SMEs. It's that big. And so you don't go and train half your hockey team, right? You don't go and train half your army, right? It makes no sense. Of course not. Then if they're not with you, you're going to lose, uh, period. We are very fortunate and as a big advantage for Ontario and for Canada is that we actually have a very, very, very strong small to medium enterprise support for 
our aerospace industry. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about Ontario for a minute here. As I understand it, because I want to go back and talk about uh, MHI's uh, manufacturing footprint in Ontario. But first, I want to talk about uh, Dare's recent pitch session, which I believe you had a little something to do with, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so what happened there? Tell us a little bit about, uh, tell us what you can from that pitch session. You'll, you'll notice that uh, we had a, a pretty good wide variety. You know, we had startup, you know, uh, us say tier, tier one. So we have a wide variety of views unique different technologies as well right uh, and that's what we like to do with the with the pitch sessions and we we do it two ways we do it as a uh, uh, academic research pitch session and then we do it as industry uh, pitch session so come at it two ways and, and there's a good reason for that a lot of times people aren't even aware of something that's going on and um, the idea is so that to get exposure so that hey you know what that's something i is really really unique hadn't hadn't seen that uh before didn't even know it existed in ontario to tell you the truth right it's unfortunate we're in say covid sort of thing uh, a lot of this would have obviously been done in in person and uh but i think i think you know we've done well we've all done pretty good with uh you know the virtual and everything so to, to give it a sense of okay you know to be able to reach out the segment I did is actually on uh, flexible manufacturing, flexible assembly. Any aircraft platform, you know, it, you really, really have to be able to, to, to pick the market. That vehicle, be it a military or a commercial aircraft, whatever, it's going to target a certain performance, range, capability, passengers, whatever. And then if it's done it very, very well and very, very efficiently. And uh, it's great in service because you can have an airplane that's great, but if it takes a lot of service, you're, you're a dead duck. So it not only got to be great initial design, but great in service, robust, adaptable. Okay. Uh, a lot of the best platforms in the world, uh, you know, they, they've evolutionized into um, different configurations and their capacity grew and grew and grew. Uh, sort of thing that that showed their adaptability. So one of the things was that um, that our designs and our manufacturing systems are flexible enough that we can actually adapt to market demand. You don't want to pick and create a monument in manufacturing because you've rolled the dice, you've put a lot of non-recurring. Uh, you hope you're right, but make no mistake, all programs have they start off. They do great. So they're going to go through multiple dips and everything like that. And that this, this thing is efficient at high rate and it's efficient at low rate build. So you're profitable throughout the peaks and valleys. And there's a real trick uh, at doing that. Uh, we've done in the past where we've been able to do things at such a low rate that you didn't think that that was uh, efficient or, or possible or no, you had to throw in the towel uh, sort of thing. But we adapted it so that it could be used on other platforms or other configurations. And so that's where the flexible manufacturing uh, comes in, that you could be multi-model within the same facility. And that, that's, cars are done like that. When you, when you look at automotive, right? It's gone towards modular build. There, there is commonality, but the vehicle on the outside kind of looks different, 
but you know, the, the frame, everything that's underneath the skin, there's a lot of commonalities there. So platform models, aircraft are, they, they look totally different on the outside, right? So it's, it, it's but uh, you know, could, could you uh, do a wing that is, uh, let's say uh, ultra long range business jet and it could be used or your manufacturing system could be used for a regional jet, a narrow body airliner. Uh, so that's where you become multi-model uh, sort of thing. Okay. Uh, now, if you're multi-model, also your supply base is going to need to stay with you on being multi-model. You just can't go there by yourself. Uh, as well, sometimes it might be uh, you're building for a different customer uh, now as well. Okay, so it could be different platforms, different customers. That's why the qualification becomes very, very important. Um, so that uh, you might not know what you're going to be building in the future, but you've designed your manufacturing system so you can. So Alex, what do you see is coming out of Ontario next for aerospace manufacturing? Or do you, do you know what's coming up next? Or what, what's, what's, what are you excited about coming out of Ontario next? Uh, I, I think uh, what, what you're going to see is that uh, uh, you're, you're going to see a growth for all of the different companies because we we got great skill sets. We got a phenomenal foundation of companies. And as well, you, you actually have that SME portion. There's some areas throughout the world that, you know, they've got a great final assembly line, but they don't have that SME base uh, for it. And um, so then that's actually uh, one of the really, really good things. I, that's why I'm quite positive on Ontario. But uh, what, what happens is, is that uh, the ability to go out and compete, uh, be it on a business jet platform, a commercial aircraft platform, a military platform. Uh, remember when I was talking about the, the golden age because of technology, we're, we're very fortunate. Uh, Canada is actually now going out, new fighters, uh, new drones, new ships. Uh, we're reconstituting, modernizing uh, the entire thing, um, uh, you know, be it air, ground, naval. And uh, that's fortunate because of offsets. And that allows Ontario and Canadian companies also to integrate or participate uh, with global OEMs. Um, and the nice thing is that uh, it's set up such that it is a direct offset on the military platform or indirect on a commercial platform. It, it all comes down to jobs. And it's very fortunate that uh, there's actually a, um, you know, research, technology, engineering, you have a multiplier effect in that. So, so very, very good environment. And so uh, when, when you look at, um, uh, you, you know, with COVID, uh, military literally aerospace didn't drop a bit <laughs> sort of thing. Commercial took a big hit. People aren't flying. Of course it is, right? Uh, business jets took a hit, but they, they recovered faster. They're actually, uh, they're about plus 15, 16% to COVID now already. So they, they rebounded. And by the end of 2020, they were uh, pre, pre-COVID. Commercial airliners, uh, because of restrictions on flight, will take a bit of uh, time. Uh, but make no mistake, the market is actually very, very, very huge. So we as a province, you know, we as a country, we want to participate in those industries. So be it on business jets, 
military aircraft, uh, drones. Drones are two worlds. There's there's the military, and then there's the commercial uh, drone as well. Um, and so there, if we don't participate, we'll be buying other people's drones, right? So so we want to actually have where we're capable of doing that. And um, you know, when 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 you look at as well that. Uh, uh, we're, we're competitive uh, from a um, foreign exchange standpoint uh, sort of thing. That's always helpful uh, being, being here and the access to market. So it, it's actually to broaden our horizons on across the board, all aerospace pro, uh, platforms. So Alex, what can you tell me about uh, Mitsubishi's manufacturing footprint in Ontario right now? Because I think you guys are doing a little bit of, uh, you guys are here in, in the province, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're very, very fortunate. Um, uh, Mitsubishi Heavy Industries' first facility, uh, the aerospace portion, their first facility was in 2006, and it was about 90,000 square feet. And about maybe you know, 80, 90 people grew to about 100. Uh, and then by 2013, uh, needed a new facility. So then, uh, a 270,000 square foot facility it was built uh, near the end of 2020, but comes online Q1 2013. And by about <laughs> not even a year later, uh, you know, needed to add more because uh, actually what happened was uh, we were adding more and more assemblies. And so it was, we, we can't use up space for warehouse. <laughs> we need room for assembly. So so we ended up with, you know, two satellites uh, sort of thing and uh, over time. And then uh, what we did was in, um, we got authority September, 2018 to add another building, if I may, to our site. We were fortunate, some of the buildings uh, in behind us, uh, they, were, they were coming uh, off lease. And so we actually, added another 210,000 square feet to the 270,000 square feet. However, uh, the grade was about 10 feet different, but where it was located was enough that it was a shallow grade. So in effect, we got a 270,000 square foot with a 210,000 with a heated 30 foot by 20 foot length between them. In effect, it's one, one site sort of thing. And, and even though, uh, you know, like say uh, we had a warehouse, a logistics and a training center, they, one was a mile, uh, sorry, a kilometer away. The other was about half kilometer away. As soon as it's outside of the building, it's, it's not as efficient sort of thing. So we actually brought that in. Um, and uh, as well, you actually have, uh, so there's us, Mitsubishi Heavy Industries, Canada Aerospace. Uh, there's also uh, Mitsubishi Heavy in Industries Regional Jet. Uh, and that's predominantly out of, um, uh, in, in Quebec, uh, in the Mirabel area. Um, and that's for all the, uh, CRJ, Bombardier CRJ platforms. And so, um, that is actually one of the largest, uh, fleets out there about, uh, 1200 to 1400 aircraft. So for fleet support, that's a big, big thing. And uh, there were some people that were in Downsview as part of the global fleet support. And so they're now in our building, like they, they're in their own site within our building sort of thing. So at our footprint, um, you actually have the, um, uh, the wings uh, for the global, Bombardier Global 5000 
5,500, 6,500 ultra long range business jet. And uh, then we also do the centrifuge uh, for that. And we actually joined the wings to the fuselage. Uh, we're the only tier one in the world that actually sets the dihedral sweep and incidence. It's because we're the tier one for the centrifuge and the wings. And then on the Challenger 3500, uh, uh, by the way, everything in our plant, we're a tier one, design build, design build by, and that was in Japan and transferred over here. It's the largest onload of aerospace into Canada, okay? And not only the assemblies were transferred, the supply chain, the product definition, everything uh, sort of thing. And uh, then as well, now with um, in uh, June 2020, uh, when MHI, um, uh, the purchase of the CRJ program, uh, now big footprint in, in Quebec, but also a pretty uh, very, very important segment uh, in Ontario, uh, in our building. We both report to the same, we both report to MHI commercial aircraft. So we're different divisions, but report to the same boss sort of thing. So that's, that's uh, what we've uh, got. Right on. So it's uh, rounding the corner on four o'clock. I want to be cognizant of time. Um, Alex, you have been, uh, you've been very informative. You've, uh, you've definitely taught me a fair bit. Um, I'm looking forward to going back and listening to this actually, because I've, uh, I am a amateur aerospace nerd, very <laughs> amateur, very amateur, but uh, I can certainly appreciate uh, the science and the physics and the research and development that goes into building even the simplest aircraft. So the fact that such a footprint exists here in Ontario, I think is great news. And by the way, um, I can actually see Pearson airport from my window. Oh, <laughs> so I've been, uh, yeah. I mean, w- when you were saying back in, um, in, you know, when, when the pandemic hit and uh, you know, the thing started slowing down, boy, you boy, howdy, like it was, you, I could see a plane land every couple minutes. And then when the pandemic hit nothing, yeah, so just, just weeks at a time, just nothing. So I'm very glad that things are picking up again. And uh, I can't, so yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Well, the, um, one one of the interesting things, uh, aerospace is actually always fun. Uh, Never static, very, very dynamic. Um, You know, over the 35 years, uh, I'll I'll tell you something. It was really, really interesting. When I was graduating, one of the things they uh, said was that, oh, you know, uh, that you're never going to see the amount of different platforms or anything like that, right? The, the amount of development just isn't there like it was in the past. Um, it turned out to be the absolute total opposite uh, sort of thing. A- ended up working on, uh, you know, airliners, helicopters, transports, business jets, uh, wide, wide, wide uh, variety uh, sort of thing. And so I say that, uh, you know, any of the students, uh, we do um, our industry advisory for four colleges, four universities. And uh, say, if anybody ever tells you you're only going to be on a few platforms, that's totally false. Um, But then as well, going forward, uh, the amount of design and development and research that's going to happen is going to be phenomenal. Uh, And I think for the new people going into the industry, they're going to really, really enjoy it. Last question, Alex, if you had to design an aircraft from scratch today on a CAD, uh, not, sorry, not a CAD, on a drafting board, would you be able to do it still? <laughs> uh, 
the you know what uh <laughs> take <Probably>. a while <laughs> it would take a while you know <laughs> I, but I, you know the funny thing is i don't think anybody would want to go on the journey with me <laughs> <laughs> i went to the new engineers and said here's a mylar here's this super tiny pen right like, get out of here <laughs> so no <laughs> if i got all my buddies back from 1986 maybe but <laughs> no <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us. I'm looking forward to seeing what else is going to be coming out of uh, MHI. Excellent. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it.